This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, Tangerines trip but remain on track. And Soaring D set sights on sixth. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie. And podcasting alongside me today are Alan Temple. Morning. Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. And Grumpy George Cran. <laughs> <laughs> Grumpy George Cran. Definitely grumpy after Take you got my name. Happy George name. Cran. <laughs> See, you're happy because I got your name wrong. Yeah, you've, okay. been, you've been in a bad mood all the way up the stairs. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, we're going to give George time to sort of get out of his gloom and doom and start with United. Funny old game, Alan. The result we didn't want against Wraith Rovers last Friday, but I have to admit, I frustrated as I was from the result by the result, I came away from watching that game thinking United are a better team than Wraith. I've been, yeah. I mean, they probably were marginally the better side in a very, very entertaining game, but fundamentally the better team in 90 minutes of football is the team that wins that football yes. match. So uh, that's all that matters, and that's why there's been um, obviously a, a, a reaction of certainly disappointment among the majority of Dundee United fans and anger Mild from hysteria a, in some <laughs> cases. Yeah, well, the nature of social media in 2024 is the... Um, the loudest people on social media are amplified by the algorithm to be the most uh, visible people on social media. So um, it's not always wise to take that um, echo chamber and bubble as uh, illustrative of the wider support, which I think all do realise that that was an incredibly disappointing result. And now the third time that they failed to beat Wraith Rovers. That would be my big concern. They haven't beaten their main rivals. And that um, is, is certainly disappointing. However, they do remain... Um, uh, top of the league by a point, having played the same amount of games, and they have proved themselves to be far more consistent against every other team mm. other than Wraith Rovers than Wraith Rovers have against every other team mm-hmm. other than Dundee United. So it's um, there's I should, to use the word you use. There's no need for hysteria. However, I can do. I can absolutely understand why it's disappointing because it's another big game, another big occasion that the fans really looked forward to that has fallen flat for Dundee United and Dundee United have been kind of metronomic in their um, ability to just win games, beat teams, get good results against everybody else but every time you know they get say more than 10,000 at Tannadice like they did against Wraith Rovers or um, you know this game that was Wraith Rovers first sell out in 27 years or even going back to the final five games after the, the split that were also but it just feels like every time throughout all of 2023 and now just at the beginning of 2024 every time there's a game that's built up as being mm-hmm. massive huge great occasion the fans are always getting praised for turning up in their numbers that's the game they fail to mm-hmm. win and that i can think can understandably be deflating for supporters however there's a need to keep an eye on the the bigger picture i would suggest and given the rebuild that's been overseen and had to be overseen um, amid some uh, a lot of departures and some pretty uh, swinging cost-cutting. Uh, I think it can still be considered, a, uh, the, to this point, uh, a relatively successful season. But um, 
It's going to be a, a big fortnight. United having five games in, in the space of a fortnight. So um, it's up to them to respond the, the right way. And all evidence this season is that they probably will. Mm-hmm. Must it be, admit, Beard, watching the game for maybe 65, 75 minutes. I actually missed the first five, ten minutes on the box. So I only saw the offside goal <laughs> at <laughs> half time. But I thought, for a long time, I thought United are going to win this. Then I thought, they've lost their way a wee bit, but not in terms of winning the game, they didn't look like they were going to lose it, but you're always worried that mm. what happened did happen. Yeah. And that was, I mean, the <coughs> other Scott Brown scored what they like to say in the modern vernacular, a worldie. And there was no time to hit back, and it cost them. But I did think, I think, I still think United should be kicking themselves a wee bit because they were in control for a long they spell. Yeah, it was a world year. The other Scott Brown would have been truly proud yes. of, I've got to say. Um, yeah, I'm a U Tom. Alan talks about the bottom line is Wraith Rovers won the game, but I'm, I take the bottom line out for for 70 minutes. I thought United were by far and away the better side, the way they were knocking the ball out. For, for a long spell, Wraith Rovers were basically kicking the ball as far away from their own goal yeah. as they could. Admittedly, they still did create a few chances, a few a few decent chances to extend mm-hmm. their lead at one point. But United looked as though they were going to be the team that were going to go on and win that game. And you know, I expected them to do that. But then as so often happens in matches, something happens to, to turn the game. And I've been in I've been in, 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 in matches, playing in matches when, when things aren't going your way and you know you need something to kick things off. And, and well, Wraith made three substitutions, which did ultimately change it. I think it was actually Jack Hamilton actually ploughed it. Jack Hamilton, Alan? Yeah, well, it was. Ploughed into, into, into the goalkeeper, Walton, and it was a ridiculous challenge. But it sort of, you know, it got the Wraith fans up, it got the Wraith team up. United got involved in it as well. And, and United seemed to lose their focus a wee bit mm. from that yeah. point onwards. And then, you know, fair play, Ian Murray makes the changes. He brings on he brings on Connolly and, and Dylan Easton and also Brown. And from that point on, I started to think, you know what, this game can actually go either way. And I thought, at that point, let's just make sure that you don't yeah. can't win. If we're not going to win this game, make sure you don't lose it. And unfortunately for United, you know, it's it's, it's hard to legislate against a, de- a defender, a defensive midfielder, maybe Scott Brown. You could say coming up with a goal like that because it was a spectacular strike. You know, it's, it really was. Bit, it's a, a lesson to teams everywhere, the best way to make sure you don't lose is be a goal up going well, in the last 10 minutes because, like you say, you can't legislate for a no, goal like that. No, you can't. I think they switch off a wee bit as a, as, as a throw-in and I don't think they expect, I think they were expecting Wraith to slow the game down but Wraith actually took a quick throw-in and it didn't seem to get himself set but take nothing away from, you know, I think the ball breaks for, for Brown. You just, you know, the moment it leaves his boot yeah. is destined for that top corner and Walton has no chance because it actually loops down into the goal. It does, it's not a yeah. rising shot where the nah. keeper can get a finger on and flick it over the bar, you know, but really devastating for, for Dundee United and, uh, you know, they'll have to pick themselves up again. As Alan said, the worrying, the worrying thing is it's another big game that they've, they've, they've come out on the wrong side of and going forward, Tom, we're getting into the final straight now. You know, it could come down. It could come down to another big game against Wraith Rovers at Tannadice. Yeah. And can they? We saw last season the difference. Dundee had the edge on Queen's Park and ultimately mm. that made the big difference. That's the reason Dundee went up. Can Dundee United, you know, if it comes to another big game against Wraith Rovers, can they get over the line and beat them at Tannadice? But uh, yeah, I was I was a sure one for United to take that. 
Aye, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves too far, but it's going to be, if it stays this close, it's going to be a, an intriguing sort of mental game when the, the two of them meet for the final time at Tannadice, because Wraith will have that thing of confidence because they've won two and drawn one against United, but they'll be saying, but if we lose this one, the other three might not matter. United have got the thing where they're like, oh, can we beat them? Because we haven't. And I mean, it's been a while, it's been a few weeks now since I've come up with a strange analogy, George, but <laughs> see, when I look at United, it's almost, I, I think, I was trying to think what it's like, but it's like someone's got the, the latest high-tech phone with all the apps and they only use it to make phone calls. Because sometimes when I watch United and spells and games, I think, you look great, you've got all the parts, but you don't always use them. And I, I, and I thought for a long period, particularly in the second half, and even late in the first half, once it got back to one all, they were that it was there for them. They were in mm. control, but they didn't then use the Tony Watts and fairness, Louis Moult missed a couple of chances, and and Middleton had a couple of decent crosses, and Fotheringham was buzzing about, and all and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, well, use that more. Go and, go and utilise your, all your apps, if you like, and put this game to bed. But, the, the, but too often this season, and very often, to be fair to them, they've won the game. But you think, oh, you could have won that by more. Mm. It could have been a bit more comfortable, but it, sometimes it just, it just doesn't happen. Uh, it definitely feels like there's more in the this United team than they've maybe Which shown in It's a wee bit worrying in February. A wee bit, but they're still top of the league. Yeah, oh, so, I'm, not, I'm not panicking. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst time to kick that into gear, I have to say. Um Watching that game, I, th I thought it came down to the chances that United missed, I have to mm -hmm. say. Um, they had quite a few. There was one particularly in the first half, I think, Tony Watt, I think, hit half volley, I think, from yeah. fairly close. I th as soon as that chance came, I thought a goal, mm -hmm. and the keeper saved it. Uh, and then even right at the very end, Kevin Hall, I thought it was a little unlucky with his header, but you feel on a, a different day that goes in. and, and Head at Dune. Yeah, but it's coming over his head. I think he doesn't so, catch yeah. it, like, it ends up in the back then. Yeah, just yeah the probably. Flush, yeah. Catches a flush and the keeper's able to get an answer. So I think I kind of agree with what you say, but they also had the chances to be able to get the result they needed mm -hmm. from that game. And, and better than a draw, I think they could have got a win out of that one. Because in the second half, I felt Ray Throvers were plodding, really. I, I thought they were really struggling for confidence uh, across the team. You could see it. I, found it quite strange they took Zach Rodden off because he seemed like the only one that had confidence after his yeah, goal, I think which is a lovely goal. He seemed he unburdened by the recent run. Yeah, because um, he's not been there. Yeah, exactly. I... Um, but they, they, they somehow found a, found a way to get through it. It's, it's now all about, obviously, it's always after a, a big defeat is how you, you respond. Um, Saturdays, I wouldn't say, is the easiest game than if you're playing Coons Park in the first half of the season because Callum Davison seems to have made quite a difference there already but United are big favourites they just they need to get off to a good start I think get the crowd behind them and, yeah. and get going again Th that's hugely important because Queen's Park haven't conceded a goal in their last three games under Callum Davidson and given the issues that United have had breaking teams yeah. down at Tannadice and how much that um, can almost become a self-fulfilling prophecy in the terms of fans come to expect those struggles then yeah. that nervousness transmits mm. itself onto the park the players aren't maybe um, as quick to express themselves um, you do have a, a slight concern that Queen's Park look like kind of the perfect team at the moment to exploit that they are pretty watertight at the mm -hmm. back and 
I think I've only lost one in their last five under Davidson. So um, that is a game um, that shouldn't be underestimated in terms of the, the challenge um, it will pose. And I mean, circling back to what you were saying about Rovers' next visit to Sandice as well, that'll be as well as all the factors you've spoken about, it will also be just nice and spicy because yeah. of the, the social media <laughs> stuff, you know, posting about Jack Hamilton's tackle. And yeah, that's a bit of, annoying. The kind of, you know, for I must, must admit, it did, but I think, I, I'm sort of, to expand on what Bear said, I think he maybe escaped a red card because it was such a ridiculous <laughs> tackle. Well, that sort of I, like, think it's because, I think it's because it wasn't dangerous. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. Was, it was. It was, it was the old tackle from behind. The, yeah, the, yeah, it was. Uh, I, you know, the studs weren't up yeah. or anything like that. So it wasn't. It wasn't a tackle that could do him realistically unless Jack had fallen. Sorry, Jack Walton had fallen uh -huh. um, awkwardly. Um, I didn't think it was a great challenge. I think there's an argument that could be made. A red card offence oh, yeah. is uh, an out-of-control, reckless right. challenge. So uh, if you want to sit down and tell me that that wasn't either out-of-control or reckless, I would Aye. be interested well, to hear. But, however, well, like, like you say, he's, he's not to know how the keeper's going to fall to the yeah. ground. And, In terms, and all it needs is an awkward fall. He could I dislocate think, a shoulder think, or something like that. I think Jack Hamlin did as well, to be fair. Bounces right up. Yeah. And in terms uh, of the... You know, which, which maybe Jack doesn't Walton, help. Jack doesn't Walton. help. Sorry, yeah. Jack Wallen <laughs> bounces. Jacks. Yeah, bounces right. Oh, yeah. I think he was just so surprised. Yeah. He was like, what the hell was that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a massive strike. But had he, had he been rolling about on the ground, it might have uh -huh. influenced uh -huh. the referee a bit more. I don't know. But in terms of the actual tweet itself, if I'm running socials, I don't do that. Yeah. Right? Personally, me, yeah. personally. However, <laughs> some of the reactions were a wee bit over the score. You, you, in hindsight, you know the boy isn't injured. You know yeah. it hasn't uh, had any major repercussions. And you also know, as Bear said, that it was a big moment for your team in winning that game and getting everyone behind you. So they've decided to lean into that. As I say, not to my taste, but... I must some have, of the I, I'd have left it alone, so. but in fairness to Wraith, and I, I thought the, the lad Barman dealt with it well, he said, well, we, we've opened ourselves up to that. Mm -hmm. we're, not, we're not complaining when folk mm -hmm. have oh, a pop at us. Make no mistake, the, so, people are keeping uh, the receipts. Uh, Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and they're they're quite accepting of that. They 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 made that, and they've 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 set their own parameters, if you like, to to that. But like like you say, it wouldn't have been the incident of the game I picked to gloat about. Especially when you win it with the kind of goal that Scott mm. Brown scored. Surely you would be putting that on repeat. I think they did. To be fair, did they? I think they were running out of things to to <laughs> from the game. They had so many posts nah. afterwards. So. Um, yeah, it'll be, uh, I think they'll certainly be, not that you can pin tweets up in the dressing room uh, wall, uh, but you can certainly um, uh, you can certainly use certain things as, as fuel and motivation. I think there's probably a few things from the United perspective that they may um, seek to look back on. I think there's a, I think there's maybe a misunderstanding in terms of what, and the people within Dundee United were a wee bit arced by in terms of the celebrations. I've seen a lot of Wraith Rovers fans kind of react in, in such a way that I would understand by saying, how do you expect us to celebrate a last-minute winner and uh, a goal like that in the circumstances? And I don't think anybody is complaining about the wild celebrations or them taking the acclaim of the supporters, but it's, it was the the nature of that then extending down to the, the mm -hmm. dressing room and mm -hmm. the music and the, the bang. I, that's what created the sense among the Dundee United players that, Christ, that sounds like a title party next door, um, rather than what the supporters saw on the pitch, which yeah. was rightly just players celebrating mm -hmm. with their fans after a big win. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm not sure everyone, and, you know, maybe rather than, you know, 
Jim Goodwin sort of glibly saying, I wonder when they're handing the medals out. Perhaps if he'd kind of articulated what the uh, the, the qualms had been yeah. Uh, yeah. better, then it, it would have avoided some of the I, confusion. I but then admit, again, the more maybe you... an age thing, but I, I, even, even, I was watching Liverpool last night, Klopp going on the pitch, and that, it's, that is the thing that's great for the entertainment. He went to all four stands and did his fist punch and, and stuff like that. But, I mean, Bear, you you're probably the same. I come from an age when you celebrate when you've won mm-hmm. something, when you've won promotion, when you've won a trophy, stuff like that. But at the same time, if somebody else wants to do that, especially when they've beat you, yeah, I don't think it's smart to criticise. and I don't, You just don't mm. get into it. As long as they do it in front of their own fans, yeah. they can do what they want. Yeah. Yeah, you know Any you thoughts can, you have yeah, on yeah. it, keep to yourself. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they can use it, though. Yeah. The United oh, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll I'd be using it in away. the... I'm, if I'm Jim Goodwin, when we when United play Wraith Rovers, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. going, they thought they'd won the title. They thought it was funny that they, they, they could have hurt our goalie. You're going to, you, that's the kind, that's, yeah, yeah. The, that's the wee edges you try, try to give players. Yeah. But I think especially when you've lost the game, just le- leave yeah. it alone unless they've done something that's really blatant in front of your supporters or right yeah. in your face publicly. Just, just leave it and yeah. let it simmer. Or explain. Yes, why you yeah. thought it went slightly over the score yeah. but then again the more you explain it perhaps the more better yeah. you sound so ah. it's difficult yeah. and I, I do feel there was almost an element of the worst of both worlds about it which is mentioning it but leaving it so ambiguous <laughs> that <laughs> the uh-huh. fans think you're criticising them just for celebrating a great goal which uh-huh. which would be a, a tad a tad petty I think that but you know whether or not the the celebrations were a wee bit over the score once they got back into the bills of Starks Park is yeah. obviously something that only um, the the respective clubs will know and have a have a perception on. Yeah, can I? I mean, I accept you can you can go to your fans and enjoy it with the fans in the change room. If I was Ian Murray, I mean, you know what I'd sort of put a damp dampener on the on the celebrations, but I'd be trying to tone things down because Ian Murray will know there's still 13 league games to go here. They haven't won the league title. They've only won one game in, what, six? Exactly. It can come back and and bite you big time. And Alan, I read your piece with David Wallerspoon, who I thought was probably the best player on the park on uh, Friday night. Uh, And, you know, he's got it in his locker as well. So the United players know, Hmm. you know, and that's that's something that they can use as a spur. That's that's what I'm trying to get. I I will spur United on to go, you know what? Who's going to show them Mm -hmm. who's the best team? In this league, and uh, you know that that could backfire on Wraith Rovers, but you're entitled to celebrate in, f- in front of your fans, and I think it has become, like you said, Tom, you go right to the top of the tree, but with Klopp after every game, now it just seems, aye, you know, it's part to their own. It's part of the circus. It's part of the, mm-hmm. the show, and you know that anything you see at the top level will ultimately work its way down. And I hold my hands up to a level. of hypocrisy because one of my complaints about football in general is they seem to forget very often that it's entertainment mm. you, you, yeah. you want to involve the fans you want to give them a great experience but uh, they do that when it suits them but I think again it's an age thing It's a, and it's a an era of working in football that I come from Jim McLean Jockey Scott where I know that if they're in the, if they're in the home dressing room on Friday night after that game they will remind those players <laughs> that they got the perfect start at home but needed an incredible late goal to win. And for a big chunk of that game, they were second best. Mm-hmm. They're, they're saying to their players, you'll, you'll need to be, play better than you did from 20 minutes to 70 minutes if you want to win this league. And they wouldn't they wouldn't let that drop and they wouldn't waste any yeah. time in telling their players. It's mm-hmm. just, but it's a different time. It's uh, different, different managers get 
the best out their players in different ways. Yeah, I mean, you move on, but I just think that, you know, Jim Goodwin can actually use that this week as part of his team talk. You know, remember, remember the feeling in that changing room last week, you know, we're not, we've got 13 games to go, we don't want to suffer that again. You know, so get out there and, and win this game against Queen's Park. As Alan said, Queen's Park have been going well. They signed the guy from Inverness, the boy Welsh, the, the big defender, wasn't it? They've signed Welsh and they've just, yeah, uh, yeah they've just signed, I think, uh, are in the process yeah. of signing or maybe just did sign Sheridan and as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm not sure it's gone through yet. Yeah, yeah, and they seem to have, they seem to have certainly tightened up a wee bit at the back under, under, under Calm, which is what you would expect, knowing Calm Davidson and what he did mm -hmm. at St Johnston. So United are in for it. You know, it's a really, really interesting game on mm -hmm. Saturday and, and I would urge the fans to take a deep breath. You know, if United need their fans, they need them this week just, yeah. to, just to be patient. You know, get behind the side. If things don't happen in the first 20 minutes, it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And I must need the admit, fans on board. I, I, I find that if I was to have a spare fiver to put on the two results for United and Wraith this week, I would go home win, home win meaning United win, Wraith lose, because I think they've got a very difficult game here. And I go back to a thing that Alan's mentioned often on this podcast this season, United. One thing you can't criticise them for is reaction to bad results. They usually come back and do well. I wouldn't put my five on Dundee United. <laughs> You've not got a five on Alan. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, it's... I think it's a match that they should be going out to win. I think they will certainly seek to do so. But and you know, if 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 we're just talking kind of you know words, then yeah, I look at Alan if and I've been there at this stage of championship season so often. If you you're going to go, oh no! If you're going to pick a side that's more likely to win, then you, you would obviously have to go for Dundee United. But if you're going to actually slap down some hard-earned money, then not a chance. I'm, I'm, I'm putting put on a different game. Money in my life. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I, yeah, you choose a different game <laughs> to put in the coupon because United have failed to win more games than they've won at Tannadice this season in the championship. And as I say, this Queens Park side just looks ripe for the sort of stubborn, difficult to break down performance that have been anathema to United this season. So uh, I think it will be a real, uh, a real uh, tough game and one that um, uh, I would not be surprised if Queen's Park were to come out of some. But by the same token, if, if that feels negative, I also think yeah, United will beat Wraith Rovers. Yeah. So uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a league, yeah. is what <laughs> I would say. Aye. I would say Airdrie you know, had a fantastic result at Airdrie uh, last weekend. So maybe Scott Brown's starting to, to make a difference there. You know, so, uh, Alan was there when United beat them. It took, yeah. a, uh, it took a gritty performance because you... You said they were good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on the on the on the lift and the way up, just uh, I, I did. I thought they were I thought they were very good. Created a, a bundle of chances. Played some lovely football. Um, ben Dempsey in the middle of the park is a lovely mm. footballer. Really, really, really nice player. Um, they look like they've got something about them under Scott Brown. Um, I can't say I saw so much of Brown's Fleetwood Town team, but um, if this is the way he sets up his team, a sort of mix of attacking football, aggression, play some nice stuff, but can also go direct when needed. I think he's got something about him, clearly, uh, as a manager. So um, be fascinated to, to see how, how things go. The, the weather can sometimes get the better of you at Somerset yeah. Park. However, if it's good conditions and, and tangible for a, a decent game, then I, I think it could actually be a right good one for, for those that are going to Somerset Park this weekend. And for all my confidence, going back to Ur United, 
I do think you you hit the nail on the head. We're we're Sorry, really? the worry about United this season is, and I mean being United in that league, no, very few teams are going to come and play open, expansive football against them. So they're starting off knowing they're going to have to break teams down. But even if I've got a free scoring team and I come to Tannadice, I'm going to say to them first twenty minutes at least keep it really tight because they'll. They could get nervy. The crowd could get on them. People, people actually see a tactic to employ that that could work, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. And it's up to the manager to solve that conundrum. It's not a, it's not a new one to solve. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see Jim's team selection uh, this weekend. Uh, for example. Uh, you know, Wotherspoon starting beside Sybil at Starks Park was a really interesting one. Very, very attacking. You've basically only got, in terms of your, other than your back four, you've basically only got one guy who really loves to put in a tackle, and that's Craig Sybil and that whole team. So if you carry on with that, um, on the flank, as at Tanadice, it can sometimes, just in my opinion, it can sometimes get a little bit samey yeah. um, in terms of getting the ball wide, getting the ball into the box, get the ball wide, get it into the box. So do you perhaps look at one of those wide areas and, you know, maybe a more kind of inverted wing or somebody that can cut inside and pick a pass rather than just constantly hitting the byline going for crosses? And there's a lot of things you can do and maybe you just need to change things up slightly in terms of personnel or your shape or how you play at Tanadice because... I dare say, if I'm Callum Davidson, I'm prepared for direct to the flanks, pace, cross the ball into the box. I'm ready for that. That's how Dundee United have tended to play this season, and it's how I'm setting up my team to defend against them. Jim Goodwin will know that, so has he got something maybe a little bit different in his locker? Because this has been a challenge that United have faced a good few times this season. They've overcome it occasionally. They've failed to overcome it occasionally. But they, they should know by now what they face and it's up to the manager to, to has he to got work. something in the locker though Alan I mean would you be prepared oh, to, to change, change bring Kuju in from the start or something like that, would that is got, that a possibility uh, absolutely he's he's the one thing you say about United now is they do have options mm-hmm. like the, particularly in that final third you know because he has been, he's been one thing he's been he's been loyal to a, a lot of players there yes uh, through some some mm-hmm. not so great results I've got to say um, I'm just wondering if he's, if he's thinking this week on the back of that result last week right now's the time to, to make a couple of changes that might, might surprise a few people potentially and there's you know we discussed there five games in 14 days yeah. he's probably going yeah. to need to use his squad and you look at in terms of guys that can create and unlock you've got uh, Chris Mockery, Archie Mikasen, Matthew Kujo. Mm-hmm. You could play David Watherspoon coming off the left mm-hmm. the, the man <coughs> made himself a legend playing off the left that ability to do a little chop, come inside, create something, cut a team open. That's exactly what Dundee United need. That's what they lack when they get the ball in wide areas. And is there someone that's going to keep Callum Davidson awake on Friday? <laughs> Friday <laughs> exactly. right? It's David exactly. Wotherspoon yeah, because exactly. he knows him. And <laughs> I, you touched it, you had a great... Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's it's a bit unusual that he's... Because he's so new to the team, but mm. he's a huge player for United because you see, you see what he does yeah. with the ball. Yeah, and in terms of experience... Tom, he's not one to panic. In he's not going situations. to be bothered no. by United's travails earlier this season at Tannadice, no, is he? not at all. And the reason I think that, that Jim might shuffle it a wee bit, I mean, 
I'm trying to second guess him here. It is just because of what you said, Alan, regarding Callum Davidson will have a good idea mm-hmm. of how Dundee United are going to set up yeah. on Saturday and he'll have his team set up for that. So I'm just wondering if Jim's mm-hmm. going to maybe throw a spanner in the works here. It'll be interesting to see. It's it, just, yeah. it's the, as I say, this is all just like purely conjecture. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm thinking, the way he spoke after the Dunfermline game where they drew a blank, it was the most maybe dejected he'd sound yeah. at, about how he had seen that movie so many times before. And mm-hmm. he made a couple of changes then for the game at Somerset Park, but yeah. this is the first time they've been back at Tannadice since that Dunfermline game. And just the way he spoke and, and just the kind of, he just seemed a bit um, worn down by how familiar it all was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, I have, you know, I, I kind of put aside those two away games and now think to myself, like, this is you back at Tannadice yeah. for the first time since you sounded that dejected about, you know, having seen it all before. And I just, uh, yeah, I, I do wonder if he's got a, a plan in place for a team to come and play the same way as Dunfermline did because another 90 minutes of doing what didn't work against Dunfermline is, would be unacceptable. You've got me worried. <laughs> I was feeling quite confident. No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not I'm I still not. have that. I still have that feeling that it's going to be back to four points this weekend. And hey, if it's a ninetieth minute off someone's backside, winner well, for United. You know what? I, th- I mean, having watched all the games, but I think United are due to be break time. Do you know? I think there's the well, luck. Has you know, what I was going to say it was actually something that uh, while you two were rambling on, I was thinking it, and then <laughs> because of my age, I forgot right away. I, I think there's a wee bit of a worry that the goals have dried up a bit for Louis Moult. Mm. I don't see that continuing because he keeps getting into yeah. goal-scoring positions. Mm-hmm. And, and Eddie scored against Rafe Rovers would Rovers be a point yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's not, I did, but he's, he's not been the prolific scorer uh, that he was. I mean, early in the season, I would have backed him have a hat-trick with the yeah. chances he had against Wraith. And there are there are fewer, although I will admit I forgot it was him that scored. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think, I don't, I don't see like the, the the drop in his goals return being a worry because of where he is in the mm. box when the ball comes in. Maybe the thing is get it to get it to Middleton, get it to Wotherspoon more and get the ball in more. Yeah, I, I don't think Louis Moult's form is a worry no. at all. I think it's the, the the least of the worries. He can be a stri- streaky striker sometimes. That's why he scored mm-hmm. so many goals in, in big clusters. But see, even when he's not finding the net, he tends to contribute in a positive mm. way yeah. to, the, to the team overall. I thought when he went off, along with, more importantly, I think, Wotherspoon and Kirkcaldy, I thought United looked a weaker team. Mm-hmm. Um, the ball wasn't sticking. Um, and attack the same way as before Louis went off and there certainly weren't as many effective incisive passes when David Wotherspoon went off so even when Louis Moult isn't playing well I think he is a, a net positive to the team so in terms of things that United can fix he'd be you know although it's people always look at strikers and go oh why is he not scoring every chance I, I would have him pretty low in the things that mm-hmm. are fundamentally problematic I, think I, he's a, he's I mean you look positive. at what he's doing and yeah. the only thing that that wasn't there was yeah. a, a, brings, another finish perhaps on Friday night reliably brings other people yeah. into the game and see if you're a midfielder that wants to bomb forward the, the thing that's foremost in your mind is God, I hope a striker doesn't give it away because mm. if so, then I'm turning round and I'm needing to get back sharpish. I think when Louis Moult's on the team, you don't have that fear. He holds it up, he brings the ball in, he, he moves it on. I think he's a a very important focal point to the team. And he would, regardless if he's gone 10 games without a goal, he would uh, personally would always be 
uh, among the first names on, on my team sheet just due to the way the team functions when he's in it. Uh, rounding up any other business, so to speak, Kieran Freeman has left the club, joining up with John Daly at St Pat's, mm. and I would think that, and certainly on a one, I can't speak to, to John Daly's overall abilities as a coach, but I know from seeing him on the pitch, helping young players, that could be a very good move for Freeman. A wee bit, wee, wee bit disappointing because he was a boy that had quite a lot of promise at one time. Yeah, and he's, uh, I think he's uh, someone that can clearly do with a fresh start. When he has had chances this season, he's looked a little devoid of confidence and not the same player that, under you know, the Tam Court season, you know, a flyer, mm -hmm. a, a real yeah. confident flyer. And um, this may be just a fresh start that, that he needs. And I absolutely wish him all the luck in the world because he is a, a lovely, hardworking boy. And um, yeah, deserves a wee bit of luck and more importantly, um, a bit of first-team football to get that confidence back because... It's all fine and well being, as a lot of supporters maybe were, uh, you know, critical of his performances when he has come into the team this uh, season. But if you are a wee bit short of confidence, if you've not quite got your mojo coming in for one game every seven, mm. isn't uh, going to help that. So he needs first team football, going to a team that's in Europe, uh, just won the FAI Cup last season under a good promising manager. Uh, yeah, I, I hope he does really, really well. And likewise, Rory McLeod's not had the best time out on loan but there's plenty, plenty, well, A, not everyone has a, a known back loan. Hmm. Uh, but there are plenty of examples of players who don't have great loan spells, but they've still got a future. Yeah, and, and they can show yeah, that. And I've no doubt Rory McLeod does have a future at Dungeon. Sometimes things don't work out for, for one reason or another. And, and, and it's fair to say that, you know, when you go on loan, you've got, there are no guarantees. That you're going to you're going to play. You're going to have to press the manager that you, you're going to. It's not a given that you will start every week. And unfortunately for Rory, it hasn't quite worked out. And uh, I read Jim Goodwin's quotes on the matter, and, and while he's saying that you know, it hasn't worked out, you can still learn from the experience, mm -hmm. learn from it. And Dungeon have been quite cute bringing him back, not putting him in the first team as such. He's training with the first team, but getting him back in the under 18s mm -hmm. where he's scoring for fun. He's scoring for fun. You'll get his confidence back yeah. there. And you'll get an opportunity again. I've no doubt about that. But sometimes it, loan spells can be a bit like that. Um, it's what you do after it is, is, is the main thing, Tom. And people need to be a wee bit conciliatory when they're assessing Rory's progress yeah. as well. Because he's been... He's a boy whose development, for me, hasn't been what a young player should mm. go through. He has Ch been... Chucked he's, into... He, yeah, he's been yeah. chucked in, aged 16, <clears throat> to lead the line during a relegation battle <laughs> with people talking about interest from English Premiership yeah. clubs. And it's um, not the way a young... And in, in my personal opinion, is not the way a young player should be handled. They, there shouldn't be that much hype. I think it's um, probably fairly common knowledge that for a period, the, the hierarchy at United's business model was getting these kids in the team, hyping them up to the moon. They move on and make a pretty penny. Yeah. I get it. However... Um, that's not always going to work with every player, and um, can affect the player as well because he thinks, "Why haven't I yeah. gone after six games?" Well, I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't like to speak for Rory. That's not mm. my uh, Rory. That's my, not my place. But um, just from the outside, I think the hype and the amount of first team exposure he was put in, and the situation in which he was put into the team, um, wasn't right for a player of his age. What his development is now, 
a little formative loan in the lower leagues where he'll learn something, mm-hmm. coming back, banging them in for under the 18s. That's how a young player should develop. And the odd 10 minutes here and there for the first team, maybe he grabs a goal. Mm-hmm. That's how, you know, if United maybe get the League One touchwood with a couple of games left, back, back starts, mm-hmm. starts the next couple of games. Yeah. That's how a young player should develop. What, uh, aye, what, uh, what's happened to this point, I think, has has not been brilliant in terms of uh, development. But so there's there's still plenty of time. Only turned eighteen in February, so mm-hmm. everyone needs to remember. So uh, loads of time for him to reach his absolutely undoubted potential. And as Bear says, there's all sorts of things can be learnt when you're on loan, like young Rudy Adams. Don't slide on your ass on the asshole when you score a goal. I hope I hope the creams eased your burn pain, son. <laughs> Switching over the road now to suddenly brighter, cheerier George Cran. You have yeah. to be happy, George. I mean, I, I, this pains me. I didn't I think st- I was unhappy. I, I st- <laughs> you just looked it. Well, that's my face. For the purposes, to quick switch off the YouTube. For the purposes <laughs> of this podcast, you're unhappy today. Look, look okay. glum. No, but I mean, it pains me because I, I get constant dark blue anxiety right up until the, May when they're either relegated or safe or promoted or not promoted. But I've got to say, Dundee are really now focusing on getting the top six place. Definitely. I mean, that's... That oh, I'll well, go wrong. <laughs> well, that, the 13 points ahead of 11th place, I mean, they're not going to make that up in the games that are left. There's eight games to the split and then another five games after that. 13 points in 13 games to, Dundee aren't going <laughs> to let that go there. So. I don't see that happening now, John. <clears throat> no, it's not going to happen. Um, and they've got a nice wee gap. Five points them. ahead of Hibs, a chance to make it eight when they go Easter Road on Saturday. It's all going to go wrong! <laughs> Tell you what, I fancy them. <laughs> Easter Road will be... If they get off the nice wee... Just start. you stick to fancying United for a change. <laughs> no, I'd, I've uh, been to many a, many a, many a Hibs game covering them at Easter Road when there's been a, an air of crisis about mm. the place and it's a right... Uh, the, the atmosphere kind of starts off ambivalent yeah. and then if it's not going well after 15 minutes quickly it turns a wee bit toxic so if Dundee can keep it tight and go well, at them, yeah, I think fancy them I think they've shown that they can obviously score goals hips, but they could seed goals and the goals they could seed up at Aberdeen in the last two were interesting to say the least mm-hmm. um, and I think that'll give Dundee confidence because Dundee are going into this game with a clean confidence. sheet a clean sheet the first clean sheet <laughs> of the year um, and well deserved as well. Um, Ross County, Dundee were just better than Ross County, I think. And that we haven't had too many fairly straightforward wins for Dundee in the Premiership, which I think is a really good sign. Cause yes, it was fairly. I mean, Ross County had they kind of threatened to threaten a few times, and with Murray and, and Brophy up top, but Dundee managed it, and then they they had chances of their own. Got the goal right on half time. Great timing for that. Really nice goal. And then the second half, as soon as they got that second goal, game was done. Ross County were beat. Dundee shut the game down. They brought on Ricky Lamy and just played it out. And I think that was a mark of a, a really solid team, a really good team. And as you say, looking up, they're only five points off fourth as well. Oh. Come on. They've got me panicking. Bear, to, to demonstrate the hypocrisy that football <laughs> fans are entitled to and having gone on about it is entertainment, you want the product to be great. 
Sometimes it is good to have a bog standard win like last it Saturday's was, eh? It was, Sam, and I was more speaking off air there and going up and I thought Dundee were going to win the game and that's that's what tra- transpired and it was the board's routine Premier Premier League win, work win like Premier League win. I mean, they don't go hand in hand <laughs> with Dundee over no. the years, you know, where where we've been. You just can't take anything for granted, but it was. And, you know, it was, it was a strange sort of day because, uh, obviously, it finishes up Two nothing, and it is a comfortable win, you know. And but it wasn't, it wasn't the stars of the show mm. so far who were the mm-hmm. stars of the show on Saturday, which is really encouraging, Sam, because it wasn't your own Bex, it wasn't Luke McCowan or Lyle Cameron who were still on the headlines. It was other guys who stepped forward, and I'm delighted for for Scott Tiffany yeah. to, get, to get two goals because I, I really do think he's got something to offer Dundee. But he's had a few games, but he's not really set the heather on fire and. His body language told me that I felt he wasn't he wasn't enjoying himself at Dens, you know, and he signed a long mm. contract at, at Dundee, but it wasn't the Scott Tiffany that we saw at Park Thistle who was aggressive, who was always wanting the ball, who was always wanting to take men on. And I think he sort of changed the way he plays, obviously, because he, Dundee are in the Premier League, so as well as having that in his locker, I'm sure Tony Dockery saying, look, we need to keep possession as much as well. As You know, you can't just give the ball away time mm. after time. And he's had to work on that. And it may have taken a wee bit of an edge off him, but his two goals on Saturday shows he can score goals at this level. So it'll be yeah. a huge, a huge, huge confidence boost for him. And I'm sure he'll start on Saturday. I don't see Tony Doherty dropping him. But there were other great performances as well. That, that, that we spoke about guys who don't normally grab the headlines. Mo Silla was absolutely yeah. outstanding. Yeah, I think he's... In, in the middle of the park, he gives Dundee a real, real solidity in there, which I don't think Malaki Boateng does. And so it depends how the manager wants to go. I think Boateng moves the ball a wee bit quicker but still a very real mm-hmm. misses a challenge and, and gives him a foundation yeah. I also thought that uh, uh, Arne Donnelly was outstanding mm-hmm. on the left hand side on the really left hand side of the fence well. I don't yeah. know what his contract situation is at, at, at Forrest George I think they like him that's pretty because I would like to see him sign a permanent deal at Dens because yeah. a young lad he's got a big future and George touched on uh, Ricky Lamy Ricky Lamy comes on with 20 minutes to go Dundee are 2 nothing up the ball comes into the box from a wide area. Ricky Lamy steps in front of the Ross County player and he puts it. He puts it out, but he doesn't just put it out. He puts it in Rose Ed, the, the south yeah. enclosure, and just looks absolutely solid. And it really was. It was a workmanlike display. But you know, from where Dundee's been in the past, to be producing stuff like that, you're getting three points when you're not at your best is a real, real plus. And you, you talked about the game on Saturday, and I've just had a wee peek at, at this at the stats. And Hibs have given Dundee a few problems this season. I've got to say, the one mm-hmm. at Dens. It was a draw Easter Road, but Dundee were on the back foot for much of that game. But you look at the Hibs, you know, 13, 13 home games, one three drawn, uh, one three, yeah, drawn four. <laughs> I'm having to look down again and lost six. So that gets yeah, it's Dund- always better as well yeah. as looking at the record yeah. to speak it. Yeah, <laughs> lost six. Now Dundee are actually yeah. five points ahead at this point in time. Yeah. Dundee were to, to to claw away a win. We spoke last week on the podcast. Who are Dundee's? But we're pushing for the top six. Who are you looking at? as your main rivals, mm-hmm. Hibs and Aberdeen. If they could put eight points between themselves yeah. and Hibs with seven games left at the split, that's going to take some catching. From, from I mean, they're f- they just really are floundering. And that draw last week at Pitaudry, I mean, not just in terms of the result, but the performances, the defensive performances, mm. the respective yeah. team, from both teams. Yeah. From both teams. It yeah. just, it didn't, echoing what I said last week, but I just didn't fill you with any confidence <laughs> that this resurgence that everybody assumed that these two teams would mm, produce yeah. to get into the top six is actually going to occur. So if you're, you're St Mirren or Dundee, 
you're thinking, do you know what? The spot that would usually be reserved for Hibs in Aberdeen yeah, yeah. could be ours. Just, you know, go and take it. And on Saturday as well, Kilmarnock are at home to Aberdeen. Mm. So if Dundee can pull off, the, would they, I don't think they've won Easter Road since 2001, I think. So it has been a long time. But if they can pull that off, then I they're, they're going to... I'd rather have not got the old firm this week. I'd rather have not playing Celtic. Like yeah, I think they week. might do. So I think they can, yeah... Uh, they can be jump up some point. <laughs> <laughs> either they're, they're going to be catching come out either Kamarnock or Aberdeen. We've worked out every points. result in the Premier League yeah. this weekend. <laughs> I know. It's oh, just, it's to be fair, I've got to say, it would just be a perfect the results have actually, uh, I mean, Saturday, the results yeah. have gone for Dundee over the last yeah. time. When they were sort of just in the top six by a point, one or two times teams could have jumped above them and they didn't take advantage mm. of it. But Dundee have certainly taken full advantage of their opportunity there with six points in the last two games. So. I know they've started yeah. doing it for themselves. Yep. I think as well, I mean, Alan touched on the fact that Hibs defensively have got problems. Right now, here's Tiffany seems to have arrived at the party and with his natural ability, you're always going to be having to think about him. You don't want to be playing a team like Dundee right now if you've got defensive problems because it's, it's not one of those that you say, look, if you stop the big man, no. you'll be okay. Well, you'll have to watch. Well, first, first of all, you have to guess who is going to be the big man Played number nine for Dundee, as it were. And then you've got McCowan, Cameron, Tiffany. You might have Boateng if Tony Doherty decides to have one of his cavalier <laughs> days in midfield. And it's a great thing to have when you've got a lot of players that other teams have to pay attention to in their own third yeah. of the park. Well, Dundee, although Dundee play a big man, I'd imagine Bakayoko will play if he's I fit so. because he's, yeah. he's he's been the main man. He Linked does, so he does well. win, a, win a few flick-ons, but in general, he tends to come short. He comes short and, and links up, and that's where teams have a real problem because centre-halves don't know then whether to go or stay, and that, that tends to open the door for the likes of McCowan and Cameron, a bit interplay. Bakayoko said he's critics, but for me, he he gets the Camerons, the, the, the McCowans, the, the Tiffany's, on the ball Absolutely. in the areas of the yeah. pitch you want them to be in. That, that to me looks as though it's a team that works on things in training with George. That comes from the yeah. training ground. You know that it's, it's not luck. You know they, they do look for him to come and take the ball, hold it in, and, and then lay off and spin. And it's, it's, there's a lot of good stuff getting played, and not just from from Cameron and, and, and McEwen who are the main the main two, but there's others in, in that team who come in and do a really really good good job. Costello did it. Did it did a great job last week as well. Yeah, I uh-huh. had a, a, a fine performance. Uh, Owen Beck had one of his quieter performances. What I will say is, but when Don Owen Beck's Kirby, on the park, Don Kirby, yeah, Don Kirby actually sets him up to stop Owen Beck. I yeah. think it was James Brown. He just follows James him Brown yeah. stood Aye. ten yards away from Owen Beck all day until he eventually got taken off. I think. Aye. You know, but what that does is that frees up when you put when you do that. That frees up a lot of space elsewhere mm. in the park. Jordan McGee found himself with a lot of space on the right-hand side and other players took advantage of that as well. So while Owen Beck was, was, was probably, they did their homework, it didn't stop Dundee, mm. you know, creating chances, which is a great thing. Yeah, I mean, credit to Tony Doherty, because I was going to say it's a great position for a manager to be in, but he's actually put himself in that position where if someone says, look after Owen Beck, McCowan, Cameron... Costello, Tiffany, they they all might get a wee bit more space. If someone says, look after McCowan, yeah, yeah. Beck might get... And Tony Doherty's done that with his signings, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're not a one-man, a two-man, a three-man team. They are a team, a proper team. Um, and we've we're not setting even... them up for a defeat here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but um, we've not even mentioned Michael Mellon's going to be back. Oh. 
Uh, Good news, George. Curtis Main is also an option as well. He's not really hit it yet. He's not been the main man. Boom, boom. No. Um, not yet, but I'm sure he's got it in him to, to do that. And, and we've got Portales is back in training, who may well get back in the team. Um, and, and we saw what he could do in the first half of the season. He, he was a big miss when, when he got injured. Ricky Lamy's back. I mean, it's, it's all looking good. Portales is actually an interesting one because you think he's been out for a long time. He'll need a few weeks, but he comes. He, I mean, I, I ex first experienced this during the Benetti era, era where foreign players are like I'm back in full training play me <laughs> they want to play they want to play right away uh, they don't want you know 20 minutes and 3 weeks training as soon as I've had a week's training they're, they're well, the, the, they think happened, they're ready to yeah, go that happened with the first game at Easter Road that was him he came back into training the, the few days before that and he was straight in the team and they kept a clean sheet um, so it wouldn't surprise me if that happens again um, uh. to see him straight back in that team because and Docherty said that uh, this week that he's uh, just the way he approaches everything. He, he's just 100% all the time, and he's delighted with him. Um, so it, it wouldn't surprise me. He would have to take people out of the team. Though, I was going to say, would you alter a team that looked so comfortable and kept a clean sheet? I, I, just then, my feeling is he might go back to his back three mm. um, because it's a, a tough away game, and he can get Portales back in the team. He can. If Beck's fit, yeah, which it looks like he probably will yeah. be, but um, it kind of frees Beck up a wee bit if, if he's in that wing-back position. Keep, keeps McGee on the other side as well. Yeah. The prolific Jordan McGee. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but as you say, I mean, it, they kept the clean sheet with the back four at the weekend and, and they looked fine, absolutely fine. Josh Honesty just keeps plugging away. Yeah. I mean, I'm totally with Alan on a personal level. Good-looking boy and all that. <laughs> I wouldn't change that team, but I don't think Tony Doherty thinks that way, does he? I don't think he's he never. He's never afraid to change things. I just posed the question. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't put Classics opinions on me. No, that was your opinion, and I <laughs> agree. Typical, <laughs> typical journalist loaded question. <laughs> I didn't say anything. And there's been no, a few managers said that that's your opinion because I'm telling you. No, <laughs> I um, yeah, I, I've, I, I didn't see the, the full game against County. I just find it interesting that you know, as, as you alluded to at the start, like, it was so long awaited that sort of comfortable clean sheet yeah. in the league that to then go and change it, I, I would it would surprise me, but I, I wouldn't. I can't possibly say whether it would be the right decision. Or not without <laughs> seeing a lot more of Dundee. I, I think it, it's just, it's obviously a lot more open with the back four. I'm yeah. not sure w whether he, he likes that as much. Um, and obviously, Hibs have their threats with Martin Boyle, and, and, and they're good going forward. Yeah. Um, I, like, I like Joe Newell, I like Boyle. Yeah, but yeah I, d I don't think anything for I just think the back three the three three five two just looks seems to suit the team a, a lot and they, they, mm -hmm. he changed it because it wasn't quite working because he didn't have his players in the team Beck was just coming back and Portales and, and Lamy were, were out of the team and it just wasn't quite working so he changed it um, so I, I just get the feeling if it doesn't happen on Saturday it will happen at some point where he goes back to his, his three five two that Worked really, really well in the first half I of could, the season, I have to say. I could understand why he might fancy a formation that would allow him to have two up top against Hibs yeah. safely because um, if you've got yeah, Hibs' centre-halves are mm -hmm. not informed, they're inexperienced, I could see back Yoko winning everything against them. And if you've got somebody up right beside them, I think they could have a lot of joy. So I could certainly see the, the logic in that from an attacking sense because I, I don't... I, I'm, I'm, so far from, from what I've seen from the likes of Triantis and things, I'm, I'm not sure. I think you really, really get out those half centre-halves. I think back Yoko is 
ripe to do it. Well, it might be Bakio going Tiffany because he's done it. He's played Tiffany up top. Yeah. You know times, what? So. If, if the centre halves are the weakness, I would put Bakayoko up there for his control. The way, as I say, the way he brings others into play, mm. but also I like I like the way uh, Michael Mellon annoys central <laughs> defenders. Yeah. Even oh, but even I mean, annoyed Liam that. Gordon a bit too much. <laughs> yes, yeah. aye. Well, well, that might have been part of the thing, and I don't. I'm not condoning any sort of <laughs> sort of uh, attempts to do him or anything like that. Yeah. Not that I think that was the case, but he said covering all the legal bases. <laughs> but Michael Mellon is a, he's the type of striker that even though he's not winning the ball, he's going to jump yeah. and let you know yeah. I, I, he's there. I think the issue he has is if he plays Bakayoko and plays Mellon, they play three five two. How does Tiffany fit into that team? Yeah. And that's going to be a big call, leaving the man that scored two goals last week out of the team, which I don't think he will. I think Tiffany will start. Mm -hmm. I think, and I thought I'd go with you, George. I would suggest that he would play and off Mellon that. off the bench. But Mellon coming off the bench, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for them. And Dundee are now in a situation where, they, for once, for once in a long, long time in the Premier League, the, the spectre of relegation has gone and they can play with yeah. a bit of freedom and uh. the manager can afford to gamble in games if he wants to. You know what? We're going to have a real go here. We might mm -hmm. leave ourselves a wee bit exposed. Hibs, we've got a good front line there. But the three points would be massive for Dundee in mm. terms of their top six hopes. Another sort of thing, I mean, that may be a, a subtle difference. I don't know if that's quite the right <laughs> word, but to get to the top six, you have to win games. Very often, to keep out of trouble, Make sure yeah. you're not losing. Mm. Make sure you're picking a, a win every three or four games and a couple of draws. I'll keep you above the teams below you. But if you want to secure a top six place, they're going to need a few wins between now and this split. Yeah, they are. And, you know, you have to gamble. And, yeah, and you can get a bit greedy as well. I mean, I, I heard Stephen Robinson uh, saying, and he was right enough, they were talking about Europe for St. Martin. He goes, look, we're not guaranteed getting in the top six yet, you know. We've got to get enough points to get us on. When we're getting the top six, we'll start worrying about getting into Europe from that point on. But I would say to Dundee, there is a bit of a gap there now, you know. So three points is massive, obviously, to, to, to take Hibs, I would say, out of the equation. And almost, catching, yeah. Almost, mm -hmm. and catching Dundee. But I could also put a dent in that gap between St Mern and Kilmarnock. Because mm -hmm. what you don't want, we've seen Dundee get in the top six, and... Effectively, they're that far behind the team. Season's and over. Right. Them, the last five games are, are virtually meaningless. Get yourself in the top six and give yourself an opportunity to go and do something. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it basically boils down to the teams you're playing against. It's it's you know winner takes all in, in these last five games. I think just always anticipating the worst for Dundee. <laughs> we've got we've got to remember, as George says. I mean, it's it would be a a miraculous disaster for them to be involved in a relegation struggle now. And if Dundee finish seventh or even eighth and are never in a sweat mm -hmm. over being in the bottom two, that's a great first season back for them. Hopefully it is. Hopefully they get the top six and it's, it, it's exciting. But it doesn't... Their season, in terms of success or failure, won't be defined by being six. No, but you can feel the expectation level. <laughs> That's my worry, because then you end the season, if you, you don't get it, you end you the season on You can feel it on the terracing. Yeah. Expectation level is now, is now rising. Excitement level is rising. Where do you think we should finish? At the start of the season, we'll take 10th, was, was the cry amongst the majority yeah. of Dundee supporters. We'll gladly take 10th. Now you said that to Dundee supporters, wait a minute, 10th? <laughs> we're sitting in sixth, we're not having that. 
you know. So that's what you, you bring it on yourself, but it's a great place to be, Tom. It's a ah. great place to be. And the team, as we said, are, are playing some good stuff. They're a good team to go and watch. There's not many games I've been this season that, that are, you know, they haven't put in a performance. Mm. You can count them on one hand most of the time, even in, in defeats that they've played well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the games coming up. I have to say though, I'm with I'm with Stephen Robinson. Remember where we could be. Yeah. Remember what we are. I mean, uh, roundabout, funnily enough, roundabout this time of year, and I've not mentioned them for uh, ten minutes or so. <laughs> I, I, I swear this is true. Roundabout this time of year, usually Jim McLean one day would go, "We can't be relegated," and you thought, "Well, you're you're always <laughs> in the top." I mean, United uh, United were mildly disappointed at the end of the season if they finished fourth because they wanted to be a bit higher even than that. But the top four was basically an acceptable season and that's how everybody saw it and, and that's what they wanted. But the first thing that he always wanted to know was his team couldn't be relegated because he knew what size of club they were and has been shown last season, having been in, in a European place the season before, if a club that size crashes, relegation then becomes a, a difficulty. And I think, especially Dundee in their first season back, no one should forget that this has been a very successful season because uh, they're so far above the, the bottom two places. Well, the manager and the players are still uh, towing, yeah. towing that line and then making sure that to everyone knows. Yeah, because we're all asking questions about <laughs> how high can you finish and all this sort of stuff. And they're just saying, you know, oh, we'll just make sure we're, we're safe and making Some, sure the manager doesn't crack, shower them. Somebody will crack, you keep it, keep it up. and if you do get into the definitely going to get beaten that's <laughs> what I'm laughing at George a Queen, of, a Queen of the South fan who covers Dundee he actually looks positively dizzy just now talking about success I think I'll nose bleed <laughs> see if they do get into the top six as well that's when the fun starts as well because see at that point yeah. nobody expected Dundee to get no, in no. there there's no pressure on any of the games left you're making good cash from uh, I'm not sure how often they've been to, to Glasgow but I'm assuming they'll at least get one of Rangers or Celtic mm -hmm. away from mm -hmm. home uh, that's it's lucrative pressure free football knowing you've already achieved your goals and you could get into Europe but the very very worst it's been You've, yeah. you've got some more big games and it's it's financially uh, beneficial so that's uh, you know it's some people shrug at this at the split and think oh well it's you know, it's an inconvenience or what does it matter if you finish hmm. you know sixth or seventh financially and in terms of you know what could be in the end of the season yeah. it's, it's huge you can't underestimate uh, how important Alan says pressure free everywhere in the Dundee organisation except behind that door that says <laughs> club accountant yeah <laughs> every time they look at the table just now they're sweating buckets because they're like oh what this could be, what this could be. And it is, it's, it's, 
that's the thing. It's it's great for fans, but it's still a serious business for the, yeah, well, for the organisation. I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, they'll have probably budgeted for finishing 10th, maybe, I would think. I would like to think I that... I think it might be higher than that. Well, but the, the prize money escalates greatly as you yeah, go up. We've yeah. seen that. We've seen the, the difference between 10th and 5th is massive. You yeah. know? So... Yeah, there could be a few extra extra pennies in the in the in the bank balance at the end of the seasons. And I mean, George mentioned Portales, and uh, you know, there are others back to fitness, which has led to the departure of Lee Ashcroft to to Raythrow. I I wanted them to go to Dundee United, but Dundee being Dundee, send them their big rivals. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's going down well. I don't think United um, were. What? Were... <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Dundee United run for Lee Ashcroft? No, no. I, no. I, I'd said here before yeah. that Lee Ashcroft on loan to United for the second half of the season would not be a bad idea, but for obvious reasons, it would yeah. never happen. Uh, yeah. you, you made it sound like he said no to Dundee United. I got <laughs> very baffled there. No, I don't think, we, we I don't think either club sort of put him in that position. No, no. no United wouldn't be taking a player on loan from Dundee. No, it's kind of. Dundee might be happy to do that, but um, Race Rovers are more than happy to. Oh, right. <laughs> I think like pretty much everyone in the championship would have wanted Lee Ashcroft because yeah. we, we know what he can do. There's not many level. teams being able to loan out a player that's shown what he's shown a, in the last month. Great so. sign, hell of a sign for yeah. Race Rovers. Mm. Having looked at Race Rovers last week, they're crying out for someone who's yeah. going to win balls in, the, in their own six-yard box, and Lee Ashcroft does that for yeah. fun. He's, he's a massive player. He's been a great player. Yeah, yes. for Dundee since he signed, you know, he's, he's never let the club down, and you know, he's been a major part of their two promotions in, in recent years. He leads by example. Great signing for Wraith Rovers to get at this point in time, but also, you know, I think it shows, I think it shows where Dundee are at, Tom, as well on the table. I think of Dundee, are, you know, just off the bottom and in a relegation yeah. start, Leo Ashcroft isn't put out on. I don't think they can afford to do that. I think where they are and with the centre halves have got coming yeah. back. They, they can do that they can do that and uh, I also think for the player the player's still got another year on his contract after this season at Dens Park but Lee Oscroft is wants to play games he came in and had a sniff that would have, he would have been delighted to get back and he never let Dundee down in those four games he came back in but now he's back on the sidelines Lee Oscroft doesn't want to be no. on the sidelines he wants to be playing football and he can also go out there and, and, and he doesn't really have to put himself in the shop window because everybody knows what he can do but he can maybe go and earn himself a two-year deal somewhere else at the end of this season, you know, which you know, every you know, we take footballers for granted, and you know the way the way their lives work. But if you've only got a year, that's only a year security yeah. for you and your family. If you can go out and get a two-year deal to take them on another couple of seasons, then, then that's what he should be looking to do. But yeah, I'm, I'm delighted for him. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I feel he's too good a player to be sitting on the bench for the rest of the season. So, well, again, yeah. what a signing for Wraith Rovers, I would say. Not even sitting on the bench, that's yeah. the thing. Dundee, he wasn't even getting on the bench for a lot of the, the first half of the season because the centre-backs that were kind of ahead of him in the, the pecking order. But um, I think it's a really good move for him. If he could end up with his third promotion. Uh, whether it's win that title or, or going up the playoffs, I think also says it, it says a wee bit about, about where we're moving with, with Tony Docherty. You know, you look yeah, at yeah. you look at last season's defence. Normally, we'd been Legsdens and Gold, Kami Kerr, Sweeney, Ashcroft, and Jordan Marshall. And they're all gone. All yeah, gone. yeah. Uh -huh. I think that's a good point. Um, but it'd be a shame not to see big, big Lee around the place because it, it is. He's a great pro, isn't he? He's a, and he's a great mm -hmm. personality. Right? I think they will miss that side of it. Because um, even though he's not been in the team, he's still a big part of mm -hmm. the, the squad. And, and Tony Dorkett made sure to mention that, that his attitude and his 
Quentin kind of fixtures uh, around the place. I think they will miss him, but um, mm. he needs to be playing games. He's 30 years old. He just needs to play. So I think it's a smart move for all all parties, I think. You kind of expected uh, it to happen earlier. And Tom, just great to see around the place, George, because time is almost beating us and we've still got a couple of things on your extensive <laughs> agenda. We don't have to do everything. Off. <laughs> Barry Smith back uh, on Academy duty. That's nice to that's nice to see. It's good. Um, it's got, a, he's got something to offer and B, Dundee should never forget uh, what he's done for that club. You can't keep him away, can you? Yeah. Uh, he, used no, to, he used to work beside us for a wee while. <laughs> How many jobs has Barry Hudson since he left the sports desk? I know. <laughs> I'm up to about 14 now. Like. He, he, he was only with us for a matter of months, but I think it's his longest employment in the last 10 years. <laughs> That's cruel. That's, I apologise, Barry. He's, yeah, he's coming in to help out in the academy. I, I'm not sure if he's got like a defined role yet, but I think Stephen Wright was just keen to get... He, he's obviously worked in the academy before with Stephen Wright and his experience and everything he's... He's picked up over the years is being valuable, I think, in there. Um, so really good to see Barry back. And before too long, that said, Academy could be moving to ground purchased from what is currently Camperdown Park because of finally uh, the planning permission has been submitted. I was a bit interested, A, to see Dundee, uh, sorry to get a wee bit uh, personal here, Dundee give a nod to the fact that congestion could be a problem. I seem to remember <laughs> when you were sports editor and I was football yeah, editor, yeah. there was a complaint from Dundee <laughs> uh, Football Club to our newspaper over a story uh, that I might have written that, that, that generally covered that yeah. and the need for it to be done. But let bygones be bygones. Oh, you don't hold a grudge. Not <laughs> the one, but you know what? The one thing I would say, that's for me to write. If I'm putting a planning per application in, I don't... I don't Included the application, and by the way, there might be a problem. What's that about? I think well, legally we'll you need to, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I think you might need to. Yeah, um, <laughs> legally you need to do a lot of things, but you can always forget. Selective memory is not a crime. <laughs> uh, that'll be an interesting part of it, I have to say. Um, because I mean, we know we all drive in the Kingsway and uh, Muirk. Muirk, sorry, see, that's what happens when you employ yeah. a retainer. It's Merkirkson, eh? Kirk <laughs> roundabout can be an absolute nightmare at random times that they never mind when there's there's thousands of football fans come through so that's something they're going to have to sort out I think um, but and hopefully they can see, yeah oh absolutely um, it's just great to see a lot more information to be honest there was a lot of information <laughs> uh, thankfully I didn't have the time to get through all of it the 112 and Bear's, Bear's still frowning because George was still 50 words short when he spread yeah. for the paper wasn't it? <laughs> you want to see the jig that George danced when he was able to pass that off to the news department by the way <laughs> he was I, delighted I was, I was very busy <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. for, mo for most Dundee fans, the plan, like you said, is 100 odd pages. Nobody's digging that deep in it. You, you, you can see, you, we've, we've seen the sort of artist's impressions of what it looks like. It looks spectacular, but what, we're, what fans really want to see is a shovel on the ground. That was yeah. what John Nelm said. Once we see that, we'll really believe that things are yeah. going forward. And, and there will be problems that, yeah. that get picked up in the, the plan and that they need to sort out and, and, and do better than the, the plans were mm -hmm. at the beginning. That's just the way th these things work. 
Um, but it's, it's a major step forward. And oh, I don't know, George. A, a couple of thousand Dundee, Dundee fans in the city square saying, <laughs> "Do you want us to vote for you? You've got a you've got a fifteen seat majority, a uh, fifteen vote majority. You've got a twenty vote majority. <laughs> Councillors can be persuaded by the strangest of things." <laughs> oh, don't worry. I think it'll get done. Don't worry. But. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. There will be things to iron out, and I'm sure they'll manage to do that. Well, that's, hope, that's hopefully they do. It's, it's a positive future for the club. I mean, the, the whole club at the moment does feel like it's, it's heading in a really good direction uh, with the team on the park and off the park. There seems to be a lot going on. So it's it's all good at the moment, which is very strange for Dundee. Yes, and if we don't finish now, they might have that spade in the ground before, <laughs> before we get home. <laughs> If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice, 